For some of you, it's your first time. For others, it is not. But for today, I would like to welcome you all to Epic Realms. gentlemen welcome to epic realms i'm your host nick with me today is author of the max abaddon series also the sinking man series the one and only justin leslie how are you doing justin i'm good i'm good i'm actually uh jumping on here from nashville tennessee from a hotel room so doing good i can't complain plenty of uh plenty of fried chicken and uh, hamburgers today so awesome. no complaints awesome. how about yourself i'm great as long as uh hotel internet doesn't kick out on you will be great right <laughs> yeah yeah fingers are crossed i think i think i paid the bellman an extra five bucks we'll see how that goes yeah probably yes. just took my money but we'll see that's awesome so for those that don't know max abaddon is an urban fantasy setting and the sinking man series is a zombie setting did you you weren't like growing up as a kid going hey these are the books i'm gonna write so yeah. obviously there's got to be some sort of influences when you're younger what kind of yeah. what kind of influences yeah. were there, and and about when did you start to go? Hey, I kind of like these uh, writing stories, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So the funny thing is, I can blame all this on my parents, probably completely. So, and I actually gave them a poster that told them so that they hang up in their living room now. <laughs> but um, when I was a kid, my dad was a he was a college professor, and he was a addicted to the old BBC sitcoms like the old Doctor Who's. In the old, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, all the Douglas Adams stuff, kind of the sci-fi, you know, stuff that you see out there. And I mean, just growing up, that stuff just kind of became a part of me, right? Um, I never really read until, you know, obviously I was older and wiser and figured it would be smart to start reading actual books, you know, more than watching TV and stuff. But um, it really ingrained in me, you know, a lot of stories and other worlds out there and of you know, I'm one of those typical, you know, uh, kids who grew up on Star Wars and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it just it really started influencing me when I got a little bit older, uh, when I realized I had a little bit of a serious, you know, job and that I'm not that serious of a person. Right. And it's a great escape. And I always look back finally uh, from a lot of those stories and got to a point where I was like, hey, maybe I can do that. You know, so I blame it all on my dad in the BBC old sitcoms, probably. So <laughs> I think that's where it all started. I mean, honestly, it's when you, when you were watching those and things like that, where, how did that come about when you were like in school, did you write a lot in school, high school, college, elementary school? Did you write a lot then? Yeah. So the complete opposite of write a lot, I was a complete knockoff. I thought I was, um, you know, I had better things to do than schoolwork, which, you know, I still did well and stuff, but I, I really, really didn't figure out that I really had a passion for it until I actually had to do my senior thesis because I went to a, a little college in Tennessee called Maryville College. It's a little, little liberal arts college. And the thing flowed out of me. It just, 
I just typed it, kept going. I was like, this is super easy. And everybody's stressing out about it. And I'm, you know, kicking back, you know, relaxing. And I'm like, I got this whole thing done. You know, and everybody's like, man, you need to maybe think about writing and stuff. You know, you seem to be doing it pretty easy. And everybody was always saying, hey, you're a creative guy and stuff. And, you know, just one thing led to another. It didn't, but it didn't pick up till later on. You know, I think like a lot of things with people, you know, sometimes you don't um, always see what you're going to do till later in life and what you, you know, have a passion for. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. When you were doing that, what was, what were you going to college for? So I went to uh, just a bachelor's in business administration, which is the typical degree for somebody that doesn't really know what they want to do in life. But I joined the uh, Army Reserves while, during, during the, the National Guard as well while I was there. Um, I grew up in southeastern Kentucky. Um, I always joke, where you hear a banjo is where I'm from growing up. And uh, when I went to Maryville, you know, it's one of those things I try to figure out what I wanted to do. And I had a couple of options, you know, I was trying to be cool. I'm this big, tall guy. I'm like six, eight. Um, you know, I'm either gonna, you know, become a rock star or, uh, become a businessman one day or, uh, you know, join the army. I mean, those are three, I think kind of the most random things in the world, but <laughs> it all, it all worked itself out. I had no clue what I was going to do in college. So, but you mentioned rock star. Are you into yeah. music? Do you do, do you listen to music, play music? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I see you got an acoustic guitar up there too. So you probably get, uh, you probably get what I'm saying, but right. I, I always jokingly say that I thought I was going to be a rock star one day. And the funny thing is, is came very close, uh, played in a band, got on the radio, wrote a bunch of music was with some great, great, uh, great musicians and, uh, ended up actually enjoying it more as a hobby long-term than anything. So I actually collect guitars. I'm in Nashville. I just, I went to the Gibson factory and bought a new guitar the other day. And when the missus finds out I'm in trouble, um, she doesn't know this and hopefully she's not watching, but Hey honey, you got a big package coming to the house. It says Gibson, just ignore it. It's, it's a bed sheet. It's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just a hobby. Um, and I, and I really, my son, I've got an older son who's just, he's a, he's a little bit of a phenom when it comes to drumming, I would say prodigy close to prodigy level. Um, this phenomenal marching band does all the like things you see out there. But um, if you read into my books, like the Max Avenon books, if you really start looking at what some of the chapter titles are, you're going to start noticing a lot of music titles and songs. And, um, you know, if you're watching this or listening to the Sinking Man series, you know, sometimes you'll you'll hear, you know, about a song that's playing in the background or something. So it's really it's really heavily into my music, you know, into my books. There's people that's picked that up before. So there's some metalheads that are actually because some of them are some, some rock and roll and stuff like that. Or um, I've got very eclectic music taste. I'm sure everybody does, you know, at some point. I mean, I've got uh, chapter titles that are named after Pantera songs. And then Max, you know, quits his job while listening to Elton John. So, I mean, it's it's all over the board. You know? That's so, great. That's, a, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, where did you come up with, you know, I know we'll get into it later, but where did you come up with the name Planes Drifter? So that's kind of funny. Uh, I was figuring I needed to come up with a, with a band, something that was kind of original, but it was just different. And then um, the, I, I figured out, you know, when you write books and stories, um, it's almost like a video game. Sometimes you got, you're building this whole world, you know, these people build video games that are, in my opinion, some of the most creative people out there, you know, and these in, in, in general, and they're building, you're building these worlds. And when I came up with the plane, because every other word is taken for it, and you try to be original as an author, right? But sometimes you can't help it. You have to go your own little way. But I figured out I would call it the plane. And there's one thing I 
can't really give too much away because it's kind of tied into yeah, yeah, something yeah. That happened in the series yeah. about some things drifting and possibly yeah. planes drifting. Um, but I thought it was just kind of a cool rock name, um, you know, gives it, it's a little jazzy, but you know, at the same time, it's, it's, it's kind of rock and roll, yeah. um, you know, and it just kind of came up there. There's actually people in bands that have uh, contacted me and want to write plane stripper songs. So that would be awesome. <laughs> I might take some of them up on it and we'll see what happens. I'm well, and I was curious with your music, if you hadn't been yeah. starting to write songs, you know, some of the songs you mentioned, <laughs> if you were like, I'm so, going to write this song out and then see if we yeah. can, you know, jam so, out. So, yeah, so Luke Daniels is getting ready to um, start reading the uh, the fourth book, uh, The Dark Carnival, which is pretty much a ride from start to finish. And I literally did that. That's funny you mentioned that. Nice. Like, that is hilarious. So I did. I wrote two songs out, and just the lyrics and stuff, because I wanted to pick parts that I wanted Luke to actually sing. And I kind of warned him a little bit. I was like, hey, you're going to have to maybe do some singing in this book. So, but yeah, so I can't, I've come up with book with the title. So there's literally like two albums. It's funny. It's on a scratch piece of paper and it's, this is the album. These are the, these are the songs, song list on it and stuff. So it's one of those things. Cause like six books later, uh, you know, six books from now, I probably won't remember it. So I had to write it down. So that's great. That's great. What kind of music are you into? What do you listen to? I listen to everything. I, everything. everything. I, I'm a big fan, right? Lately I've been listening to a lot of folk, you know, folk yeah. music, but uh the uh the highwaymen johnny cash and all that oh yeah yeah um, I'm absolutely a big, big fan of them but i also like i love the police i love modern mm -hmm. music pop all that kind of stuff so yeah it's just I, I run the gamut there's there's a little of everything there's you know the the hardcore thrasher screaming i'm not a huge fan of there's some that go as well as long as they try to you know vocalize a little bit uh, i'm cool with that but when they you know so there's there's very few things that i don't have a genre of that i listen to yeah uh so how did you you join the reserves and then did you yep. eventually just go from the reserves to the full on army? How did that end up working? Yeah, so you know, there's a theme to me, <laughs> and it's like a wave where you know um, I always kind of had an idea what I wanted to do, but I never really knew how to get there. And when I started to get there, um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. That's a little bit of a stolen poem from you know, little Jack Kerouac out there, but mm -hmm. the. Um, you know, when I was, I was in college, I really was at a point where, um, you know, I just kind of needed to focus a little bit and I knew it, you know, oddly enough. And one day, uh, I was driving down the road and I saw, I mean, there's a little bit more to it, but they, I, you know, I saw an armory and there's these big cannons out there and I'm just like, wow, it's the coolest thing ever. And then, um, you know, a couple of days go by and I see this sign, you know, it says, want to make extra money while you're in college. I'm like, sure, of course, I need, I need extra beer money. I need, I need to, <laughs> you know, feed the beast. My mom and dad are only going to pay for so much. Right. So, it, you know, I could go to boot camp in the summer, make all this money, come back to college, be in shape, have all this money. And uh, it, it is literally that simple. Um, it, and it came down to being one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, it, it, it truly was. Um Came out of there, you know, got some direction. But I was in the guard reserves for a while. I actually have a regular nine to five job. I joke about it a lot um, when I make videos, which I do. That's why I'm in Nashville right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, for the first five years, I was pretty busy, uh, active a lot of times, going places and doing things. And then about the last 15 years, basically spent it in like a reserve guard status. So I was, uh, you know, like commanded a few units and uh, made it up there. So retired as a uh, major. So. What are, what are the qual how does that work? How do they, like, I'm not a military person. I don't, I don't know about that, but how do you get, is it just from 
you know, the actions that you take and they recognize you or do you have to like do app apply? Is there certain <laughs> qualifications you have to, how does that well, this, work? Do, do you so call up and say, Hey, I want to raise, how does that work? Yeah. yeah so that's, that's actually a great question. Cause I've got an answer that some people that are in the military will probably be laughing at when I say this. That's great. Um, and actually a lot of my military time is why I read so many, ended up reading so many books because I was on playing so much, but the, um, what I did was I was originally an artillery guy and I became an infantry guy. And the joke for me is when you're in the infantry, all you just got to do is show up to work and they'll do a couple push-ups and they'll promote you. And there's a lot of truth to it. And there's a lot of people that are like, you know, hear me say it. And then they'll be like, oh yeah, you're right. So, um, you know, I was just, you know, I did the schools and I went and got an MBA, went and got a master's degree and um, checked all those boxes. So you got to, you got to file, you still got to file, you know, kind of do certain things to get it done. And, but yeah, I mean, so you can get, work as hard as you want or not really care, not work that hard for it. But joking, all joking aside, I mean, literally check the box, you do what you need to do and you can make it up. But it, it's hard when you start getting up there. It gets, it gets a little, you know, you know, I steer away from the, uh, say the word the politics of it, but it gets a little, you know, too much for yep. me and yep. I was ready to retire and do fun stuff. How was it to be done with that when you were done? Was it easy to be done and just put it away and say, Hey, that's on the shelf. Or was it kind of hard for you to put it on the shelf and be like, Oh, maybe I could do go one more time. Man, you know, it's both. And that's such a BS answer to your question. <laughs> but um, one, I grew a beard and probably a foot of hair within two days. That happened. It was a miracle. I don't know how it happened. I was just <laughs> woke up and I looked like the mountain man. I was, I don't know. And, uh, but it's both. And that's a truthful part of it. That I miss the people. Um, I really, really do. And that's the hard part because there, there, there's some great people. And they have the abrasive sense of humor I have. Um, which is hard to come by sometimes. Yeah. I don't yeah. see so much of my writing, but but it's, you know, a little bit different. But then on the other part, I have more time for my friends and family. And, um, you know, I don't feel so bad, you know, when I, um, now when I travel with work and stuff, it's not like I'm traveling again for that. And, but it makes it a lot easier. And then I think, um, I think the real crux of the whole thing is, you know, you get to dress up, you know, a couple of times a year and look really cool and prance around. If I did that now, my uniform would fall apart. Buttons would be popping everywhere. <laughs> and would be diving for cover. But I, I miss it, and I don't miss it. But it, um, you know, like I was saying, I. It's one of the reasons as well. Like I said, there's so many things that got me into writing. But man, I I devoured books. Devoured books. We would travel somewhere, and instead of talking about high school glory days, I would just sit there and just get a book or get an audio book, and I would just I just ate entire genres of, of uh, books. So. Well, going through all those books, here you yeah. are. What was it? I, I saw something that you posted 21 months ago is when you first, yep. the first book came out. So like you're moving along out of nowhere. How did you get from, yeah. how did you get from getting out to being like, okay, my book's published. Like where, where did that, where did that bridge get, that gap get bridged there? You know, where, where it really became real, so to speak. I mean, I, I think, uh, well, luck always has a lot to play with it, right? I, I'm one of those people where I wish I could take a lot of credit for how things happen. But um, I, 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 my back, I'm, I'm kind of a systematic guy because I'm not the smart, I'll always say I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm really organized. So it makes up for it. <laughs> so um, I figured there has to be a process to it. And what I found out was how just unbelievably cool other authors are. And I wrote that because another new author um, is like, Dan, how are you doing this? How are you, what did you do? And it was funny to me because my answer to him was, well, I'm a new guy. 
Like, you know, and then I step back and, you know, kind of realize that, you know, that there's a little bit of a process, but in my opinion, um, I'm one of those people. It's always good to have a mentor or somebody to look up to, mm-hmm. um, even if it's good, right, wrong, or indifferent. But I got surrounded by some pretty good authors pretty quickly and just asked them, just like I was just asked, and I'm going to help, you know, help them out as much as I can. And uh, they, you know, um, you know, Hunter Blaine, I talk about, you know, him. Obviously, I pick on him a lot and stuff, but uh, we both, Luke Daniels does both our series. He actually kind of helped me with that piece as well, big time. And man, I, I picked his brain like crazy. And he had just gone through a lot of that. Uh, he does the Preternatural Chronicles um, with uh, under Argento. So he's with Shane Silvers in that group. So he, he writes under that group. And, um, you know, I keep telling him he just needs to write a book on how to write a book. <laughs> but, and then there's a bunch of other authors, you know, I, I just bring him up because, you know, he, he really took time out uh, that he didn't need to do to help this just random guy, mm-hmm. you know, mugging mm-hmm. him to death. But there are so many authors out there that I reached out, people that I was like, this is my idol. And I'm I just randomly like, I'm just going to send this guy an email. Next thing I know, they respond back. And I'm like, oh, cow. I better put something that makes sense, you know? Right. So right. Um, I found out really quick, just the authors out there are just amazing. And when they, and, and I think, and I think this was with me, when you see somebody that really has a passion for it, wants to do it, you want to help them. Um, but yeah, it's that community is really what helped bridge that gap. I wish I could take all the credit for it, but I can't. <laughs> so did, did I kind of cheated a little bit got some advice from some smart people so the, the I'm curious because I'm not quite sure did the anthology the simple deeds anthology did that come out is that pre-max Abaddon was that kind of like a foray into it or was that so yeah that's interesting so I put that together um I uh I was just getting started and I had um I talked to Hunter a couple times and him and I were like brain skin and I'm like you know um I, I want to get around, you know, I'm, I'm talking to all these people, but I want to figure out a way to, um, I actually will take some credit. I kind of put that together. Um, but I want to figure out a way to get some other, you know, urban fantasy authors out there in one place. And cause I don't see a lot of anthologies like that out there with some of the newer, you know, folks out there. Right. And, you know, I was on a Facebook group page uh, for fans, of urban fantasy, which is, it's a good page. Quite frankly, it's one of the better ones that I've been on where you really see people are reading and what they're getting into. And I said, hey, I know there's a bunch of authors on here. And I reached out to a bunch of folks and said, you know, let's you want to jump on a program. And, you know, Devin Hansen and uh, C.T. Phipps, I love I love his uh, super villainy series is amazing. Um, yeah, they reached out and said, yeah, let's do this. And, um, you know, Hunter, of course, got his got his stuff in there. And then um, as we went through it all of us were wanting to add all this stuff to it. Cause there's just, you know, we wanted to add another story and another story and CT had like spaceship stories. And, and um, so we just started adding stuff. We eventually just kind of had to cut it, but that's what simple deeds was. Um, and then, so it was right after I had finished book two and I hadn't even really published it yet. Okay. So it was right there. And that's the cover. I pulled it out of um, behind me. I don't know if you can see it, but um, I pulled that short story out. Luke Daniels just, uh, just read it. We released it about two months ago, so yeah. and that's a uh, that was super fun to do. Meet those right. guys, right? So, did you self-publish then, or did you get a publisher, or how did yeah. that end up working? Yeah. So <clears throat> initially, I did all the indie publishing stuff, where you know you go through Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, you do all this stuff because it's very the industry's changed a lot, right? So you can do a lot 
on your own these days. You just got to know how to navigate it. And the interesting part, and it's a great question. And, and again, if you read that little thing, I said, you know, publishing is one of the biggest lies in the industry right now. And I, and I truly believe it. Um, there's really great companies out there that are doing great stuff, but there are a lot out there that just want to take indie authors like me and, oh, hey, this guy's doing this and he sold thousands of books on his own in months. Let's, let's get, and they do that, right? And, you know, I, I was pretty easy to pick up on some of that. I had at least four solid, just, hey, we're picking you up. What do we, what's it going to take to get it done? And, you know, you start digging deeper and you realize what some of these companies are. There's one, there's one right now that I'm, we'll see what's happening. But there's only one that I'm really, really wanting to kind of uh, partner with. And it's, you know, a little bit up in the air right now, but they're, they're, they're pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. So, but yeah, so I still kind of do it in my own. And the cool thing is I do, um, like with Luke, him and I, we, we work kind of like a partnership. So if you ever, see uh luke daniels does the um you know he'll do live readings of some of the books and stuff and um he's out there because he has he has some ownership of it so um you know he produces it and to have somebody like that produce your work is yeah. amazing and he's one of the best in the world um that's that you know, is actually how i found out about you was because yeah. i follow luke daniels and luke daniels yep. just did a live reading and i was like boy that book yep. sounds really good that intro sounds really good i'm yep. gonna need to listen to that and of course next thing i know we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's an amazing, he's an amazing man, um, you know, and his wife's great too, you know, she did, they, they kind of run that together, but yeah, so he produces it, and to me, I mean, it's like the perfect relationship, um, you know, we, we, we've talked a lot about it, um, you know, I even got a chance to meet him, uh, I posted some pictures, I actually had him read me some of Hunter, one of Hunter's books in a uh, London phone booth, so it was kind of funny, <laughs> but um, the, uh, you know, He's such an amazing, amazing just voice actor. And he's now doing American Dad, that cartoon show, yeah. American Dad. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, he's got a character on there, apparently a bunch of characters. So uh, some uh, one of the, uh, I think Riders is a fan of one of the lit RPGs and stuff that, uh, that, he, that he works on, So, um, which is amazing stuff. So that's really, you know, for me, I have decisions to make that, you know, for my opinion, you know, loops the voice of the series and, you know, to have him on this, it's just, it's, it's changed, it's changed me, my life and how I look at this. I mean, completely. And uh, just utter professionalism the guy has, he's just amazing. I, I still want to apologize to him for that first book. <laughs> you know, I want to go back and, you know, if I could, if I could go back and pull it and make it a prequel and, and, and rewrite it, I would in a heartbeat, you know, I was learning a lot, but you can't do that. That's a big no-no in the writing world. So yeah man we're four or five books down now coming so it's it's uh it's picked up steam when you put out a book um and we'll get to max abaddon here right after this question <laughs> it's like a commercial uh yeah. at the beginning of each book you put in a quote from somebody yeah is there a reason behind that why do you pick those quotes uh do you think that they reflect on the book i do yeah i do thoroughly um i used to always enjoy reading some of the old classics and they would always have a little quote, you know, you get the old Mark Twain books, they have a little quote. And I always looked at it as like a, like a Kickstarter for a book. And it always, to me, you know, like if you look at my Sinking Man series, one of the quotes is from Tupac, right? Yep. So, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of prolific people that say a lot of prolific things. Um, you know, it was up for debate. I've, uh, I used to know an old man that used to, uh, he would go in the Waffle House 
in the middle of the night when I was in college and say the most prolific things. And I was like, this guy's a genius. And I remember some of the things he said, and I've actually written them down. So I've debated <laughs> using some of his words of wisdom. But to me, they all absolutely relate to the book. Um, just the overarching feel, you know, as an author, some people do, some people don't, but I do. I get, I get a, there's like a feeling that I get before I write a book. I'm like, man, there's something, there's something here that's a lesson learned almost to an extent, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So no, I love it. I love it. It was, I, it wasn't until I think I had finished the doing the Max Abaddon's and I think it was like the first or second sinking man. And I was like, he puts a quote at the beginning of every book. Cause I do audiobooks. It's like every single one and they're all different and they're all pretty cool quotes. So I was like, and then I, and I asked my wife, I go, can you go back and, and cause she's listening to them. And like, when you listen to them, can you tell me if there's quotes in, in the first and second books? Because I'm pretty sure there was, she goes, yeah, there is. It's like, wow, that's, that's cool. Cause that not everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. Don't read my copyright pages. I've had some people ask me about those before. <laughs> You read my copyright. Wow. Everybody's disclaimer. I put my own disclaimer in the copyright page. So without giving too much away, obviously we want people to go out and check out books. Yep. Um, can you give us a quick, quick premise on Max Abaddon? Sure. So um, I'm a big urban fantasy fan, of course. And um, I, I, I'm just going to preface this real quick because this will maybe explain everything. Yeah. The one yeah. thing that I saw out there as I was just ripping through books was a lot of these urban fantasy books. Everybody kind of stays hidden in the shadows. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was one. And I'll say that because there's obviously a piece of the series that involves what happens when that changes. Right. But really um, what it does is it, it follows the story of Max and he basically uh, at 30 finds out that he is a little bit more than a regular person. Um, I set up the mechanics of uh, you play you play board board like so you know about setting people up yep. and building characters yeah and um, I try you you know building this world it all revolves around when people turn thirty years old if they're human you know and if they have the certain things in their system they can become a mage at thirty and then you know life can slow down and all this stuff but it follows Max on that journey um, where he's trying to figure out who he is and what he is because he's a little bit more than just a mage like a human mage right right um and, and, and throughout the journey you know he meets a band of misfits which are you know some great characters um you know there may be some offshoot books coming um but um you know it follows a journey with him figuring out who he is actually maturing a lot but there's a big overarching storyline in this entire series and i i busted it wide open at the very end of the dark carnival in the epilogue um, it pretty much explains exactly what's happening. So um, the plane is basically a place that connects, you know, Earth to kind of like another realm, a place called Terum. And there was a big war many, many years ago. And they, uh, what's called the old gods um, were basically trying to take care over everything. And, you know, I, I'm a little big Kevin Hearn fan, the Iron Druid, obviously with the Daniels as well. So I had to be careful with this. No, no, but, that's totally understandable. I, I get that. You know, the um, I wanted to, I wanted all the gods to be real in these books. Right. So, um, and I'll get to the the, the Roger piece, but it's a huge part of the storyline that when the this big war happened and Terum split away, Earth was was a small small piece of that, and the plane connects the two. And on Terum, 
uh, all, you know, the Pantheon, you know, Greek mythology, you know, oil mythology, you name it, you know, Fey, Irish, um, they were all given their own planes of existence. And I call them the over and the under. I, I try not to get too much into the religious overtones on it, but it, right. I, I try to get, bring a little comedy to it, actually. But they were kind of in charge of everything. And, you know, they're kind of doing their job, but maybe not really doing their job that great. But, uh, you know, it, it really follows that overall story arch of, you know, things are changing. And, um, you know, the old gods are, you know, they're back running around. And in between these books are all stories of how Max is growing one, but how he's a piece of that. Yeah. So he's actually... You know, he's, he's important. I don't want to use the chosen one uh, storyline so much because yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. not, that's not so much it, but he just has a critical part to play in it. And um, he realizes that he's one of the only few people that can do it. And, um, you know, just like anything else, um, you know, there's going to be speed bumps along the way. But, you know, in, in the other overarching thing that I can talk about that I think is not really giving it away is the balance does happen. I wanted to do it where the earth went from not really knowing a magical community existed to all of a sudden knowing it existed. And that happens in the end of book two, but we talk about it all through. If you read the back of the books, you're going to know that happens. Right. And that's part of the storyline too. So um, those two things are kind of flowing at the same time. So you're seeing a lot of where in the past you would read a story like the, the Dresden files, for example, Jim Butcher, the Don, you know, he's the dawn of urban fantasy, yeah. you know, and, and, it comes out now it's in people's like how are people reacting to this you know how how's law enforcement how does that work how's the government's kind of working together and not working together and what secrets the magical community still wants to hide right, right. or not hide and then um i don't know if you know uh who kim harrison is by any chance hollows i can maybe talk about it a little bit more but she's a phenomenal phenomenal author and she writes a storyline where this happened back in the fifties and the world's progressed since then. So, but she's a phenomenal, phenomenal author, but that's really kind of the basis of it. Um, okay. And then shenanigans along the way happens. Lots of shenanigans. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There is. I, I've toned a li little bit of it back. Cause I was going to actually, you got to make that decision. You know, is this book going to be PG 13, you know, or, or, or what's it going to be? You don't want to scare people off, but you also want to have an adult crowd. But right. I mean, that's really the overarching um, kind of, I would say, really what brings it all together. Is there a significance with the age of 30 as opposed to any other age? Like a lot of times it's like 16 or 21 or 18 <laughs> yeah. or why yeah. 30? Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's, uh, you know, and maybe you can relate to this, you know, there's always ages in people's lives where they're significant, right? You turn 18, it's significant. You turn 16, I can drive, I, you know, I'm a man, I'm 16, I can drive a car. Uh, no. You know, 18, you can do all these other things. And when you're 21, it's a significant age. But 30, you know, I look back at it. I'm like, you know, 30 was that age where you you really, in my opinion, you, you learn a lot. And you're growing in your 20s. But when you're 30, you know, it's just that age to me. And maybe that was just a personal experience for me. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the eyes wide open age for me. And I started really, really thinking about it, how how curious would it be to build this magical world where people really didn't know, you know, but they've got this level of Ethereum is what it's called in their, in their, in their bodies. And it takes 30 years for it to gestate and, and just really build up to levels where they become powerful and handle it. 
Um, and there's some storyline that's actually going to address this in a lot more details why as well. So the end of book two, what they, uh, some of the, some of the leftover situation is really going to address a lot of that. What makes it for me? Great. So well, magic can be dangerous. So if you don't mind, I'm, I'd like to go through a couple of just a couple, couple key characters from this, because I, I think that the characters that the characters and character development of each of the characters really plays a huge part in the story. And obviously down the road there, there's a lot of characters I didn't put in here because there, I didn't want to mention just because storyline reasons you don't want to know. Yeah. Um, and even one of them, I'm kind of hesitant to say, uh, obviously we've, we've mentioned Max and talking yeah. about Max. Uh, I'm a little hesitant to say, but it happens fairly early on. Uh, yeah. Where did the idea of Petro come around? So Petro was, there, there's two things with Petro. Um, <clears throat> one is I actually had a friend that used to have a bird and I would literally be talking to this person on the phone and you could hear the bird humming by their ear all the time, talking, all kinds of crazy. You know, one of those birds is like legitimately probably as far as a person. And it culminated with that. And um, I tied that together with just kind of looking at you know, a, a sidekick, what a, what a different kind of sidekick would be, right? Like somebody that has their own story, their own world, that's not, you know, it's just different. That brings comic relief almost to everything, right? Right. So I tried to, I guess maybe the mechanical part of it's a little different, but I'm literally was thinking about characters and I was talking to my buddy on the, on the phone and hers, and I was like, I can do this. And, uh, and then also I, I mentioned Dresden again, yep. way, way different. But <clears throat> Toot is a great character that uh, uh, Jim created, not nearly as, as technical, nearly as, as built out. But, um, you know, I kind of started thinking about all that. Um, you know, what, what, what's, you know, a way to really bring in something that's completely different, but still the same, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, Phil, <laughs> Phil brings that levity. I think we'll talk about him probably in a minute. Yep. But uh, <laughs> it all came together just at the right time and the right place. And I wanted, <clears throat> maybe this is a better way to explain it. Uh, you know how Max is on this journey finding out about the other world. Petro, if you pay attention, is doing the complete opposite. Yeah. He's actually from the plane and he's doing the same journey. So he's just doing it in opposites. And, there, and there's, I, I try to use that as a little bit of a trigger for comic relief. So, yeah. And I had to tone him down a little bit, but he's good. He's, wait, wait till you guys see book five. Great. great. I, I, like I said, a lot of great, amazing characters. I'm glad you mentioned the Jim Butcher because you and I had yeah. talked on the side online a bit yeah. about the people will compare often to the they Resident will. Files. And yes, I mean, that's the, you're, you're comparing urban fantasy to urban fantasy. And yeah. it's, it's like you're not, you're, you, it's hard to not compare something to another urban fantasy book. Uh, oh, yeah. And while to me, when I was listening, when I was listening to the audiobook, when Petro showed up, that was the key factor that connected me to the Dresden Files. I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah. that." And it's like, "But this is this is different. This is yeah. not the same at yeah. all. It's similar, but it's yeah. not the same, and it's a fun little difference." Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the the mechanics of the world and the way magic works is all you know a little bit different. Yeah. So, yeah. but you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Phil, yeah. and one of the things I. <laughs> Aside from the character of it, one of the things I loved was when it explained 
the accent of Phil, as you and I both have listened to uh, uh, Luke Daniels quite a bit, to hear the description of what his accent is. And in my mind, I go, I want to see if Luke Daniels pulls this one off. Yep. <laughs> because had be, being an Irish accent, but also a Southern American accent at the yes. same time, how's he going to pull that off? And I think it's yeah. hilarious how every once in a while, uh, when there's a stressful situation, you'll see yep. a subtle shift in Luke Daniels' yep. act, voice acting. He'll the subtle like shift to okay, there's that southern accent just yep. kind of kicking in. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> but tell yeah. me about tell me a bit about Phil. Where you came up with him? Is he based on anything? Or is yeah. Just- so he's he's based on somebody I knew um, when I was a little bit younger, and just the guy was always a, just a train wreck of a person but he's always there at the right time in the right place doing the right thing. And I mean, just, you know, the comparisons and um, to this person is uncanny. (laughs) He didn't have the Scottish accent, but some of that I did base on somebody else too, but just the personality um, of this old friend of mine, um, they were just spot on. I mean, he's the guy you'd be sitting at a table or out at dinner and everything's nice. And, you know, everything's cordial and he's slow, sucking on chicken bones. There's ranch dressing everywhere. <laughs> People are looking at him and he's like, what? I don't see the problem with any of this. Um, and then him and you, him and I used to get up to a lot of shenanigans too. Um, we probably drink our body weights and, and whiskey and, and, and fine wine. And <laughs> just, you know, that, that, that boisterous persona that, that Phil is, he's got a little bit, there's more to him, of course, you know, he's a layered character, but yeah. And then I always enjoyed, um, you know, there's a personality. Have you, have you ever, you know, if you spend any time around a lot of Scottish people, which I have had the, you know, fortune of doing so, they also have that very brash personality mm-hmm. sometimes, especially when they get a couple of drinks. And uh, right. I'm not stereotyping by any means, but just my personal experience. Right. No, I, and, I, um, I just always love that just personality that they have. I, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it's like a timeless, like just, no matter what they do, they're not going to be wrong. But no matter what they do, they're you know they're not going to be right. So, yeah. well, <laughs> I, I assumed I when I read read listened to the character, I thought to yeah. myself, this has got to be because some of the best characters are based on someone because you can't. It's that yeah. whole you can't make this stuff up. Yep, yep, exactly. A lot of great characters are come from people you actually meet out yep. there, and you're like, I got to base something off of that. Yep. Uh, yeah yeah uh, petro petro like you said you mentioned earlier you know you, if you're an urban fantasy author and you don't mention that you know jim butcher influenced you if you're kind of newer out there it's kind of hard to you know I, some people probably not but for me personally i, I really wish i just bring it back up because i i used to always wish he flushed that character out more i just always I always agree. wanted to know more about two and pizza and Oh, Lord, and um, <laughs> maybe that it's a little bit of a homage to him, you know. It's a little bit, it's a little bit of a nod to Jim, which so. is awesome. Tell us about Ed a little bit, real quickly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because he's a, so he's a Ed, great character as well. He's got multiple facets as well. Yeah, so um, I knew a contracting, um, <laughs> a contract, uh, like a I'd say, like attorney that used to go to con- through contracts and stuff. I don't talk about my regular job because it would bore people to utter death, but we used to sit down and review contracts all the time. And right. All right. Let's get this done. Right. Okay. Well, this is that. And now we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Right. We can't do this. And you should just, just be this flowing person of just, you know, you're like, this person's very serious. Then out of nowhere, they would just be like, 
just go on a total rant about something. You're just like, <laughs> okay. Um, but I mean, I worked with this person for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. And just that personality was like, man, one day when I write a book, I'm going to have a character that's going to be this guy. It's just, you know, experienced, but, you know, always pushing everybody, even if they don't work for him, he's going to go try to convince people they work for him kind of guy. And uh, it just always stuck with me. And when I was, when I was going through, you know, you write down characters and you, you start, you know, I wrote his name right beside it. So I was like, this, this is for you, but, you know, and um, so it, it just worked out right and it fit. And a lot of people make comments, you know, cause Jim does do the British accents and stuff like that a lot. And I had somebody ask about that. And I was like, well, these people are hundreds of years old. They don't, they didn't speak, um, you know, like they were from Tennessee 200 years ago. I mean, so, right. you know, a lot of them have that European uh, Anglo background. So and we try to catch that with like, you know, the bartender, you know, trying to you know, build those characters. So right. make sure we catch those. Definitely. Were there any other inspirations and things? We already mentioned Planes Drifter a little bit. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I kind of, I, I almost wanted to say the, the, exo facto third main character which is the truck but uh, oh yeah the bug beast. yeah 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 um but were there any other any I'll other <laughs> big influences from outside things we talked about petro uh maybe a little planes drifter you know musical inspirations uh fa's maybe any of the oh yeah other characters yeah, absolutely uh, alcohol, the alcohols you, you know you, you get pretty detailed in some of the uniqueness of it yeah the first book is where i really spent a lot of time doing that you know and i try to peel back from it but so I live, I live in a very unique place in Florida, in my opinion. And there are these um, fish camps. They're all over the place, right? So they're very unique places where they're on the water. You can take your boat to them. And I'll talk about FAs for a minute, the Fallen Angel. And there's just usually an eclectic group of people in these places. I mean, you want to talk to somebody sitting there with an eye patch on and a, holding an alligator, you, you got it. You got the place, right? So, um, you know, it's a combination of a couple of places. Cause I do like, I do like nicer joints, but I, I'm always one of those people where I'm not scared if I'm in a town to walk into a place that looks like a complete dive bar. And then I'm utterly surprised when I go in there. Holy cow, this place is amazing, right? Yeah. The food's amazing. The drinks are amazing. This place is great. It's a hidden gem. I mean, and everybody's like, yelp, two stars, like, what's this all about? They're like, the floor was dirty. Like, I don't, I don't, I didn't see the floor being dirty, but, um, so Fallen Angel is a little bit of a mixture of a couple different locations right around where I live, where the people are all eclectic. And I had a friend down in St. Augustine and I was pointing people out and they're like, man, those people are legitimately come from the magical community. I was like, I told you, this is a different place down here. So, um, which St. Augustine obviously is the oldest, um, you know, city in the U S which if you haven't been, it's, a great place to go but um a lot of the other characters um you know i start looking at you know uh icup carvel and stuff like that um he's absolutely based on a, a gruff old sergeant major i used to know um <laughs> you never really know if he was a good guy if he liked you or he didn't like him okay you know and i still don't know if the guy liked me or didn't like me i don't right. know but um yeah i mean almost every character which it, it's a little bit different than the Sinking Man series, which are actually based on all my friends okay. uh, by name. The, um, but uh, every single person I can nail down because I literally wrote a name beside the character. So it, it, it goes and it goes and, you know, it gets a little bit further down. You know, you talked about the truck, you know, that's my Dodge 100%, you know, and uh, I have a Dodge Ram and 
Um, I'll mention one character that comes up later, but but Malp is um, he's he's one of my favorites. Man. Yeah, he's, uh, great. he's another one that he's kind of based on a friend of mine from college. I was a, I was actually in a band with, and his nickname was Butterbean, um, and he was a big guy. Okay. So okay. based on my, but I could keep going for a long time. <laughs> well, you mentioned the Sinking Man series, and let's let's talk about the Sinking Man series because that yeah. is when I first asked, like I, I'm like, oh, another another zombie story but you did it in such of a way where it's yeah. not all super long and drawn out and then your preface yeah, right. is that it's meant you know kind of almost like a tv tv show yep. or a mini series uh tell yeah. us a little bit about a little bit about the sinking man and like how you came up with the concept and why you decided to go that route for another book series as opposed to you know a, uh you know more yeah. traditional fantasy or a different kind of urban fantasy or something else. Yeah. it's still set in florida yeah, absolutely. Around our neighborhoods. Every single person in that series is are friends of mine. The couples are my best friends. Um, uh, one of the characters, Dan, he's from Boston, and I specifically asked Jared to make him sound like a complete nutter Southern guy, which threw him off first time he heard it. Um, but, you know, I'm a huge zombie genre fan, you know, the Kirkman, the Walking Dead. It's all, it, it's, it's great stuff, huge fan. But there's a hidden gem out there um, Hunter even says, you know, he talks a lot. He's a werewolf guy, obviously. Keith C. Blackmore is, he owns it. He owns, he, in my opinion, he is the owner of the genre. And they're making a movie out of his first book right now called The Mountain Man. It's the Mountain Man series by Keith C. Blackmore. He does breeds, this amazing werewolf, like Engine 3. Um, R.C. Bray reads his stuff. R.C. Bray narrates it, okay. which is awesome right there, right? Yeah. But uh, the Mountain Man series is is literally KC Blackmore's take on a raging alcoholic in the zombie apocalypse up in, up in Fairfax, Canada. And it is amazing. Um, and then of course things change with him, but it's a great series. But anyways, I, I, I always saw the fine line between a zombie series where people were so desperate, you know, and then I never really saw one where somebody had a ton of money and they were just living in a little, you know, place and things were going okay until they decided to make them not okay, I guess. But, right. Um, but a lot of that inspiration is actually from my friends, events around me, personal stuff. Um, you know, the fire, and there's parts of it, 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 it that's actually, I'm not going to get into too much detail, but it's based on uh, uh, Dan, one of the characters. Uh, we had a grill fire one afternoon and um, I had a bottle and he thought it was full of water, but it was full, full of oil in our backyard. And so that, the fire on the covers and the big fire thing that happens is all based on that Dan and the, the fire um, that he almost killed everybody I know. It was, it was, <laughs> he, he killed on his arm for sure. I look back and it's this big fire plume in the backyard. Whoosh, smells like hair, dinner's ruined. And um, we're all just sitting there laughing at him the whole time. But, you know, that, that series very heavily regarded. But I wanted to take on zombies where, you know, um, the world's still out there. I mean, there's, limited people there's a ton of resources The one of the best series i think out there got canceled was the last man on earth yeah yeah they're just like i'm just gonna go get the a-team's van but i get frustrated when i watch or read some zombie stuff and i'm like the world's your oyster you know you're still gonna run into bad seats and bad characters but i wanted to take it a little bit differently um where you know resources do get scarce but you know we've got technology these days that's just changed a lot. And I was like, I'm going to write my own zombie series instead of complaining about it. But KC Blackmore, anybody that's watching or listening to this, you, man, R.C. Bray reads the Mountain Man series, just I highly recommend it. Change your perspective. 
tell me about the narrator for the audiobook series. We talked quite a bit about Luke Daniels. Let's talk about Jared Lamassey. Yeah. yeah, so Jared's awesome, man. He does a bunch of different stuff. Uh, he's an actor. He's got mm-hmm. a couple movies out there. Um, How'd you nail him? So this is funny. Um, this involves Luke Daniels. Okay. <laughs> the world revolves around the man. It, Trust it me. should. Um, it should. He's a good guy. It, it should. He's the man, and I tell him every chance I get. The um, I initially, when I was trying to work to to get with him, sent a bunch of auditions out. It was letting people audition, and you wouldn't believe how interesting of a process that is. Um, you get dozens of people, um, you know, uh, just tr- trying. You give them a, a, a couple pages, and they read it. Man, I got some really good people, and I was like, holy cow, these people are super talented at what they do. I could never do it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this one guy – Jared with this one guy he's he's a he's a cool dude um he builds guitars by the way um win-win win-win for, win-win for you <laughs> yeah he always sends me pictures of guitars I'm always asking him what he's making and um man he sends this and I was like man this is really really good I was like holy cow so I started looking at all the other stuff he had done and I was like man I mean he's done a lot of work and then um he kept sending me auditions and I'm like everybody kind of asked a little thing that we're good but he just kept sending it to me in different dialects and like different language, like it was the craziest thing. And he kept sending them. I'm like, man, I, I really want to do this. And then, you know, I, I had emailed him a couple of times and said, Hey man, I think we're going to go in this direction. And then Luke, Luke reached out and I contacted Jared and I was like, Jared, Hey man, I'm, I'm sorry about this, but you know, um, I'm going to be going another direction. And when he found out it was Luke Daniels, he's like, that's the most awesome thing ever. I lost to Luke Daniels. He's like, are you kidding me? So if you read his blog on his webpage, he actually has this huge homage to it. Like it was, you know, it's a badge of pride that he lost to Luke Daniels, which um, he, dude, I tell you, Jared, Jared's, man, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And um, But the funny story was, I liked what he did so much when I was writing, when I figured out I was going to do a zombie series, I was like, you know what? I wrote it with his voice in the back of my head the whole time i do that now at the max series every time petro talks or phil or max i'm i hear their voice in the back of my head you know yeah. when they're doing yeah. it you know, Luke's talking to me while i'm doing it and uh but i literally wrote the whole series with jared and i reached out and i was like hey man you remember me and blah, blah. you know i was like yeah man how's everything going i told him about luke and i was like man i wrote a book series and i literally wrote it for you to read and that's how it worked out nice so, that's great and he's and listen i've got i drive a lot I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I can't sit down to read. Everybody who's listened to the podcast, uh, everybody who's at the live stream, they know I don't yeah. physically get down to read a lot of books. I do a lot of audiobooks. And I am very picky. When you, after you after you listen to everything that Luke Daniels has ever done, it's hard, yeah. you know, to go somewhere else. And when I saw Jared Lamaster, I was like, oh, who's this? And I started listening. I was like, wow, wow, this guy's really good. This guy's got to be on my top list of yep. of narrators how have yep. i not heard anything by him yet yeah he's got some great i mean he's got some great folks that he does work with too i mean some of the series are great um i recommend anybody look his work up and we're actually partnering because uh, he's reading the third book right now it's almost we're going to be releasing it soon on right. audio and um we're going to work together and do kind of the partner production uh partnership and do an omnibus and release it all together so him and i are actually going to be partnering up like i kind of do with luke and it's going to be cool. I, I think the future is an audiobook. book. Um, I still love print paper. and But uh, I, I approach this, you know, kind of that way because I'm such just, you know, listening to the great, you know, right. 
readers out there and you know, well there's a lot of people that have a lot of time to yeah. read and i've, I've yeah. heard this multiple times when i've had this discussion some people just say i can read faster than i can listen to somebody else and i like yeah. to have my own voices that is true and that's understandable like that. that's totally i get that yeah. and i think that's great and i i used to be honest like when i did a lot of reading I did the same thing. I'm very imaginative. I would love to read through them and hear them. But when you got someone like Luke Daniels, my imagination cannot do what Luke Daniels does. Or yeah, my yeah, imagination exactly. cannot that's do what, what I, Jared yeah. Lamaster does. It just can't replicate yeah. that. So, yeah, it, yeah, that's the way I am with it, man. I mean, a lot of it, you know, is it, it, it's where it's at. You know, I plug R.C. Bray, too, and I think him and Luke are good friends as well. But, man, yeah, you get some of these folks as talented like Luke, and, and it just builds its own world. You don't have to worry. You just sit back on cruise control and just let it ride. Right. you know and, and and i always say this he, he takes a a decent to good okay story and just makes it great right. you know he brings it to life so i, I can never do what they do the sinking man series has a it, it may, like i said it's a little bit short yep. Uh, yep. because of the way you design it it's, it's done yep. that way by design but there's a lot of character development yep. within that like you can see even just in the first you know two books uh, yep. you can see the main character kind of grow uh, yep. as, as a person. And you can also yep. see some habits forming, you know, yep. <laughs> throughout the series yep. as well. But unless yep. you're paying super close attention, you might not really catch it immediately. Yeah, you're right on. Yep. So what is it? How, how do you go about going, you know, from, do you, do you know where, okay, we're going to be going to point X, but we're at point B right now. Uh, do yep. you know, how that development is going to happen. Do you know where you want the development to go uh, long in advance? Or is it kind of like, you know, two, three, maybe two, three books out, you have an idea and then we'll see from there. Yeah. So that's actually a really good question. So the Max Abaddon series is in first person and it's a lot. I don't want people yelling at me for saying this, but I think it's a different skill set to write in first person than it is to write in third person. I think they're two, two so totally separate things, mm -hmm. but the Max Abaddon series is in first person. And I think you have to really get in, into that person's head when you're writing in first person. Right. So it's a lot more, I think, laid out and developed. When you're writing the third person, you're telling the story, right? You need to get in their head, but you need to get into everybody's head. Um, the overarching, if you look at the series titles of the books, right? Sheltered, he's very sheltered, mm -hmm. right? Awakened, he's becoming very awakened. And then the third book released, which is out for pre-order right now. And He's released, right? And those titles actually correspond with his personality. So when you mentioned that, I was going to bring that up. But yeah, um, it does. And, and as he goes through, he's just going to realize, you know, what he's capable of doing and not doing. I just, the one thing with that series is I don't want to get too wrapped around bad people running around. There's, there's some of that in the storyline. But I'll put it this way. I would say from a one to a hundred, we're at about a five on that series. It's okay. very long drawn out i know where it's going i know what i want to do with it and it's funny because i bring up the last man on earth that series in my opinion i don't know why they canceled it and i know it was a comedy but if the apocalypse was going to happen uh, that would probably be me i really loved the premise of that because it was the zombie apocalypse without zombies and you yeah. have to understand yeah. people and yeah it was a comedy uh, yeah. i would have loved it to not be a comedy and have it been a little yeah. bit more serious i mean i don't mind comedy no yeah. one no one doesn't want to have comedy you got you needed to break yeah. tension but that series yeah was really i definitely enjoyed it as well yeah. it, it's those little pieces because you take the comedy out of it the world's your oyster you have all these things available to you and you know 
I just found it very interesting. So. so both of these books happen. We've talked about some of your favorite authors. Uh, yep. can, you, can you pick name a couple other things that have been influences or things that you just love, you know, growing up or more recently that is, that just stands out in your mind? Yeah. So I think a lot of things, you know, obviously authors and, and books and stuff that they're always going to influence people, but you know, for me, I, I really think it came down to, I was so amazed by people's minds and what they could come up with, you know, and I, I kind of challenged myself. I'm like, you know, I, I joked at one point, I was asked this question before and I said, you know, I ran out of books to read, so I had to write my own book. <laughs> so it kind of came down to a little bit of that where I just read so many authors and so many storylines. I was like, man, I could take a little bit of this. and I just, and what if there was a little bit of this over here and a little bit of that over here? Um, and, and so there's so many influences, right? right. I mean, you, right. you could pick them apart, but I really, I really think for me, it was when I was spending a lot of time overseas, just, I got so immersed in some of these worlds. Like I told Luke, when I met Luke to his face, I was like, man, I was like, I don't know if you understand, but you know, the Iron Druid series, it was my escape in some pretty tough times, you know, I was, right. you know, and uh, I was like, it's just amazing to be sitting across from me at a table, you know, it's just, you know, phenomenal. And uh, really it's, it's almost an homage to all those people, you know, um, and authors that I read books from, man. I mean, it really, I, I wish it was sexier than that sometimes. And there's some of these folks have read my books, by the way. So, which is really cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah. you know, it's almost like my payback. You know, I hope somebody somewhere does the same thing, gets to read the books. It's a little bit of escape because I'm a, I like to call myself a closet nerd. When people find out that I write books, they're like, what? You write books? I'm like, oh yeah. And my wife's like, oh yeah, yeah. You have no idea about this guy. You should see a Star Wars toys. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I've got those too. You like those? And um, it's just, I'm a big guy. And, you know, I'm an army guy and everybody expects me to be a little different. And then, um, you know, and a lot of that is just the stories and the things I've experienced, man. I, I always joke about this too. If I wrote a book about half the things that have happened to me, nobody would believe me. So, and the people I've met and things I've met. But I think everybody's got those stories. You've got them, yeah. you know, people, you know, that you, you know have them. Everybody I know has those stories where if you just tell it, you feel in your heart like nobody's going to believe me if I tell them the story, <laughs> you know, and, but everybody's got one. And, you know, for me, I think this is, um, and I've got a passion for it. And, and once I started, I never stopped. You know, I, I, I just, like you said, this, this very short time, a very steep hill and I want to do more with it. I want to keep growing. And, um, you know, there, I have so many plans. Uh, a lot of people think I'd write military books, but I just don't think I could do that right. But I would love to write like a space opera or like some like old, like hardcore lit RPG fantasy and some stuff. I think I'd like to do some of that too. So I was just going to ask you, do you have any other, you know, yep. any other series you're thinking like I could make a start a third series about XYZ? And I've, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I've got a ton of them. Um, I have a, I did the brainstorm thing where there's like, I want to write a series about this. I want to write a series about this reporter. A lot of my stuff is very urban fantasy, you know, influenced with that stuff. But, uh, you know, I always wanted to write a book, you know, about, you know, like a paranormal reporter that, you know, is it real or not? Cause it's a little bit of a cliche, but I think if you put the right spin on it, it would be good. Um, but man, some hardcore science fiction, like spaceship stuff, man, old starship trooper. Kind of, I would love to write some stuff like that just for fun. Because uh, I think you could go anywhere with, it, with your imagination. You could go as far as you want. That's the same thing with like the little RPG stuff. You can go, you're not confined 
you know, in the world that we're in a little bit, you can just really go, go crazy. So man, yeah, I could write, 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 write. What about, what about mixing brands? You could do a, you know, old timey middle ages in the world of Max Abaddon way back when. <laughs> so it's funny you mentioned that um, there's possibly some of that coming. Oh, awesome. And, uh, there, there is, but I will say this because this isn't too much of a spoiler. But you know, there's a lot of gates in the postern, right? And they all do their own thing. And there's a time gate, and Max oh. might have to figure out how to use that. So there might be some. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to take it seriously. Like I'm not going to get too overly like uh, Back to the Futureish about it. But um, he may be taking him and the crew may be taking a little trip. Yeah, don't make we'll it too see. complicated. Yeah, I'm gonna make it fun. <laughs> but I, I've got. I've got my head wrapped around a certain story that everybody knows that that's in movies and myth and lore like, and I would like to interject Max and everybody right in the middle of the storyline and see what happens. <laughs> I All joke right. about stuff like that too, like the, you know, the seven dwarfs and Snow White. And you know, one of the stories, you know, one of my old jokes is, you know, Max is like, oh, what's going to happen next? You know, the, she's going to come out and eat an apple and seven dwarfs going to save her. And, you know, Jenny's like, oh, are you actually reading your history books and doing your homework or something now? You actually, you actually been paying attention to history. You know, he's like, what? <laughs> so I started, I started thinking about little things where I could throw him in there. I don't want to give too much, but the book four, man, there's a character that comes out of nowhere and he's the master of the stairs what his nickname is but um that character i can't wait till luke gets a hold of him and rides with it it's going to be phenomenal and um it's somebody everybody knows in history okay well i'm looking time. forward to that i'm looking forward to both of the next books see the ziggy man kind of left on a little cliffhanger so oh yeah I'm very excited yeah, I, for that and max abaddon yeah. for sure well, yeah for sure i don't push the sinking series as much but that's getting ready to change um you know i'll wait till i get about three books done then i really start getting it out there so, but it's coming yeah full, full steam hopefully it'll be on tv you know? yeah you are max abaddon books on facebook yep. and you yep. also have the uh, the fan page the justin leslie's friends of the fallen angel group yep absolutely um, you're not on twitter yet i am but it's misspelled so i have to go back and get a new twitter handle uh, but i started one up yeah okay well i think you can edit that and get that get that edited and Apparently, there's a lot of people with uh, the Twitter handles that I would use. Okay. So, okay. I'm not getting smart to it. But yeah, absolutely. There we go. I'll, uh, I'll look for you, and we'll we'll help you promote that as best yep. as we can. Uh, do you have any events coming up where you're where you're going to be in person or online or anything? Any other events, other podcasts, other streams or anything? So, yeah. So there's a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, there's a couple conferences down in Florida that I might be doing um, coming up. I mean, a lot of this stuff is. You know they're booked and some of them are booked and then they move people around so there's a couple of them uh there's one coming up in st augustine uh costume it's like a uh, kind of a comic-con kind of thing so i'm starting to get a lot of calls about maybe attending some of those um and then i'm actually been looking at a youtube kind of channel piece to actually break some books down and talk okay. a little bit, okay. bit more about kind of urban fantasy in general but you know we get you know, about every month or so we get, we get do a podcast or we'll get out and, you know, we'll get on a stream or something like yeah, that. But anything you want to promote? Yeah. Check out Max Abaddon. <laughs> awesome. Well, <laughs> thank you, Justin, for hanging out with us. Thank you for chatting yeah, yeah. with us. Uh, we'll get to the live stream questions here in a bit, uh, but sure. I'd like to thank you for hanging out with us. Yeah, absolutely. No, I appreciate it. And thanks for your time. I love talking about books and just, anything in the general. So, man, if I can get one person, you know, to 
maybe hear about a new author or a new, you know, go check out Jared Lee Masters stuff or, you know, PC Blackmore or Hunter Blaine stuff, go do it, man. Um, there's a lot of good, a lot of good books getting written out there these days. So. Great. And everybody for listening, sure. I'd like to thank you all for listening to Epic Realm. Well, there you are. I hope you enjoyed yourselves. And I do hope that you come back and join us again for Epic Realms. Thank you.